0: The parable of the great banquet. Luke chapter 14, verses 15 to 24. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who'd been invited, come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I have just got married. So I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame Sir the servant said what you ordered has been done but there is still room then the master told his servant go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full I tell you Not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Sometimes God speaks to us most clearly when we are right at the end of the line when we've got nothing in the tank, when we're overtaken by life, when we're overwhelmed. So the characters who are invited in the second and the third time into this meal with Jesus are just that. They are right on the outside of life. And Jesus says, come in. He says, come dine with me. So it's time for all of us put down our excuses, and listen up to what Jesus is saying. So I'm going to pray, and then let's look at this passage together. Lord of the end of the line, would you speak to us today? We open our hearts and minds to hear your voice. Speak, Lord, we're listening. Okay, I wonder if you can either keep your eyes closed or just close them while I set the scene because um, what we're going to do is we're going to take back a few layers of paint and see what is happening um, around this parable. So uh, on the surface, it's another absolutely disastrous dinner party told in the Gospel of Luke, but let's let's take a, a closer look. So eyes shut, if that helps your imagination... No worries uh, if not. And actually, if you need a nap, take one now. So, picture an atrium. We've got a huge, airy space. It's in the center of a very wealthy Pharisee's home. So, this is a reception area. We're walking in. There, um, there should be guests here. There's seating all around the edges of the walls. There's an opening in the roof. And the opening is letting light in, and any rainwater falls into a marble pool below. There may be frescoes on the wall. Uh, Perhaps they're whitewashed. The floor could be tiled. It's It's a generous space we have here, enough for many people to gather in. It's a place where people come and they go. It's a fluid meeting, sort of everything space. Beyond that, we walk into a dining room in this Pharisee's house, but this is much smaller. There's only a few couches there, maybe three or four. Remember the wedding feast from last week where just a few people came to sit close to Jesus? Well, they would have been in this kind of inner sanctuary, the dining room of the day, those folk who were asked to move out of the way, because hierarchy was crucial in Jesus's day and it was a part of dining so when Jesus says come dine with me it's a very loaded thing okay so if you were the lowest of the low you'd be out on the street or the servants would never sit down but if you're one of the honored guests you're right in this beautiful plush dining room so we're thinking to vibe it's hot it's dusty The servants are doing their very best to keep the dust down as they lay the tables. We've got a lovely smell of cooking, the aroma of herbs and spices, maybe capers, cumin, saffron, coriander, mint. And there is the anticipation of a party. Think fiesta. Okay, things are ready. The host claps his hands and the servants go out to invite everybody So if you haven't got your eyes open, you can open them now. Um, It's going to be a great occasion. But as we open our eyes, the space remains empty. What has happened? This is cancel culture in Jesus' day in style. So this parable is about the people who very rudely snub an invitation to a magnificent party. The host has gone to a great deal of trouble to lay on a feast and is determined to have folk at his table, even if they come from very unconventional places. The original guests rule themselves out. So um, God, a little aside here, has an amazing sense of humor because today's passage is called Excuses, Excuses. And um, less than two weeks ago, I had a knee operation So um, I am one of the lame. (laughs) So there's absolutely no hope of me thinking straight or, you know, when I was trying to sort of write this, I wrote it before the operation and then looked at it the other day and thought, oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Put it all in the bin, started again. But I do think that if there was ever an excuse not to look at this passage and not to stand here this morning, I've got it. Okay, so in the realm of excuses, excuses, what are we not stepping into the Jesus world for? So I'm just going to ask you, let me put the excuses down. We're going to zoom in on the characters of this story. So we know about the host, he's a generous man. So what about the excuse makers? Okay, here comes the first. Well, I bought a piece of land. Adrian, that was just magnificently read. Thank you. And I must go out and see it. Please accept my apologies. Well, it's unusual, isn't it? There's a great party going on, and you've just got to check out a piece of land. And it doesn't always work, translating first century into today's culture, but this is a very, very rough guess. Um, artistic license. Let's say we've just moved house. So you've got to go and check out a house to exchange or complete the move. Second one, oh, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to try them out. Please accept my regrets. Well, at least they're polite, aren't they? Um, So for us, I think maybe, maybe new job. New job, you've got to get to grips with IT, very complicated, you know. So these people would have accepted the initial invitation and... The excuses are laughable. So in Jesus' days, telling this parable, the excuses are completely laughable because nobody would ever buy a piece of land without having seen it. Nobody would ever buy their oxen without having tried them out first. Um, and then the third, oh, I've just got married, therefore I can't come. It's a little blunt. Um, but by the letter of the law set out in Deuteronomy, actually being newly married was an excuse so Jesus is having a real dig here Um, you know it's any dinner party with Jesus is going to be interesting and you can feel the temperature rising in this one so we can see the arms of hospitality are thrown open wide but not just to the first set of disadvantaged folk the second set The first new set, the poor, the blind, the crippled, the lame, don't even fill, you know, one of the rooms. So again, the servant is sent out to the next. He wants the atrium filled as well. Come on in, he says. Come dine with me, he says. And um, reading a bit around it and um, understanding who Luke is and, and why he's writing, he must have been loving this because he was really 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 keen in his writing the gospel of Luke to make sure that it was super clear that Jesus's gospel was for everyone he goes on in Acts 1 to say you know we're taking this to the ends of the earth so he really is the man to say let's get this gospel out there so he would have been just chuckling away at this parable okay so it's it's clearly a parable um, but how does it relate to us today does it mean that we all open our homes to the disadvantaged and then the next level of disadvantage well maybe for some of us this morning it it does mean that Um, but overall Jesus isn't saying don't have friends who are kindred spirits and spend time with them because he did that and he did that a lot what he's really saying is There's more. What he's doing is he's lighting a fire in people's hearts about the kingdom of heaven. So there are three levels of looking at this passage. We're just going to look at them briefly. One, two, three. Um, The first level is meta-narrative of the, kind of, let's condense the Bible here. So Jesus is fulfilling the prophecies of the Old Testament. We see much more of this in Advent. Advent's a great time to get into all of this. So he's saying, come to God's great supper. It's a meta-narrative that says, this is a story of love. Come to God's great supper. Just come in. Come dine with me. Do you remember the parable of the weed falling on the stony ground? So what he's saying is make sure that, the, the, that the, the seed, not the weed, the seed falling on stony ground, make sure that your seed that is, is nurtured and grows. Don't let it be choked. Second level of this is a real dig at the Pharisees. Okay, and we have to be a little bit careful with this because many Pharisees did come on to be great believers and followers. So and the... Jews are the expected guests. This is reading it through an interpretation of of what he's talking about. So the, the Jews are the expected guests. They've heard the prophecies of who Jesus is and they're making the excuses as to why they can't come and step into the feast. So when they don't say yes, the doors are opened wide to the Gentiles. So this is when... The gospel travels out. Indeed, it's meant for, he's saying, for anyone who is at the end of the line, and for anyone especially who's been healed on the Sabbath, you can imagine that they would have been the first ones to accept the invitation from the street. Because they're saying yes to Jesus as the Son of God. But It's a little bit difficult to push that point too far because many Jews were followers of the way. So the third level, this is for us this morning, le twist. Okay, so what we need to do to get any kind of handle on what Jesus is saying is to understand that he's inviting us to live completely differently. This is the challenge, really, that comes Um, in verse 14 these guests have got no way to repay you they'll be repaid right at the end of the of the earth so it's all about God's kingdom it's reframing life it's saying this is a party to which everyone is welcome and hey how about we invite not just us, the next level of outcasts and the next level of outcasts and then we spread the gospel of love in such a way that those right at the end of the line in turn spread the gospel even further so we hand it out like a baton like throwing a rock into a, a river where you've or a pond where you've got the ripples going out how do we empower those at the end of the line to spread the good news. Difficult, because some of us may be at the end of the line ourselves. So if if that's us, then we just say, Lord, I just want to come in. I just want to sit with you. Come to me, all of you who are burdened and weary, and I will give you rest, says Jesus. I often um, think about the hope that comes with all of this as the creed. Um, often think about the creed as you do on a perhaps daily basis um, but an extract from it I believe in Jesus Christ his only son our Lord I believe in the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit day yesterday Alpha Amen Lord the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting this is the hope to which Jesus is calling us. This is the kingdom. When he says, "Come dine with me," he says, "Come and live under a banner of hope." This smart aleck at the beginning of the passage is, uh, makes me laugh. "Blessed is anyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God," or "A blessing on those who eat food in God's kingdom." You know, probably that guy got a clip round the ear from somebody for being such a kind of, you know, smart aleck. But do you know what? Luke kept it in because he's right. Come dine with me. What an invitation. Even 20 seconds a day with God, the God who brings hope. For those of you who are in the cemetery and for us here this morning, you know, we've remembered all of those who gave lives for our freedom. And this is what God's Son does. So he gives us access to the Father so that we can spend moments every day with the Father. So here's a very simple suggestion this morning. It's so simple, but I reckon we could all do it. Accept the invitation. So many invitations are going to come our way. Christmas, great. Let's have a great time. But don't forget to accept the invitation from Jesus. Whether we're at the end of the line or we're passing it on to those who put down the excuses, put down the home, the job, the people. Let's just say yes to Jesus this Advent. Could be an extra loop on your walk home from the school run. Could be an alarm on your phone. Could be grace before every meal. But just remember... All the invitations come flooding in. Accept the one from Jesus. Amen.